time for a change. Strap your headphones on and join Chris, Scott, and Sean. Three active-duty police officers in the Chicago suburbs. As they face the tough subjects, including police brutality, racial tension, rioting, and more. Weekly, you'll get tips and tricks on how to keep you and your family safe, what to do during traffic stops, how to handle domestic violence, and more. This This is is a show about about opening a dialogue, accepting that something has to be done, and bringing communities together together again. And now your hosts, Chris, Scott, and Sean. Hello, everyone. This is Sean. Uh, We're back with another episode of Cat Talk. And I am with uh, Rich Uncle Chris yet Hello, again. Hello, everyone. Yes, Scott's still in his crazy time, like we talked about yeah, crazy time. He's time. like I'm driving crazy. to like I don't know Saskatchewan or something. What's he got? Uh, going? Yeah, it's uh, up our uh, the Upper Peninsula. He's still scheming, doing stuff, getting people, rolling things in, bringing back some old guests. He's talking to us about. He's always got deals. He's got deals. He, um, he does have but deals. I, you know, uh, cars now. I felt bad saying it was his crazy time because I thought somebody might take offense to like. What crazy oh, time might crazy. be? Like crazy time. I said crazy time. Oh, like what do I say? Do I do a uh, mentally challenged time? Call it consumers now, consumers. or or do I have to call it something along the lines of like it's not crazy time? I can't. I don't say crazy time. It's just it's his busy time. But like you get a busy, little crazy busy. when you get busy because you start losing track of things and it's don't say crazy. You can't don't say crazy. Don't word. say crazy. Don't say crazy. Don't say black I, and fish. Don't right say, right like yeah, yeah. all of these things. No, yeah. I, and you know what? I think when you I, you guys make fun of me for being a student of history, and I was watching something the other day. It was what? a film on the History uh, Channel. No, it was actually I was watching. Uh, you should watch this. It's actually pretty entertaining for people our age, Chris. Like it was about uh, Lucille Ball and uh, Desi Arnaz, and it's about you know a part of their lives that a lot of us didn't know about. About oh, what was yeah, going yeah, on the show. Yeah, I saw, I Nicole Kidman was in it, and yeah, uh, yeah I saw some the of the guy from uh, No Country for Old Men, Javier something. His last name is I don't I don't Bardem or something. Like, I'm saying his name. <laughs> I was going to say Amadasante, but no, that's he's way yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, right. No, no, yeah. Like uh, was uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, really old. Um, but I was watching it, and one of the things I didn't quite realize, and, I, and I've forgotten about this, it's Aaron history, was about Lucille Ball was actually accused during the course of that show, and it's heyday, it's height. She was accused of being a communist, a red. They used to call it a red, yeah. and the red scare. The red scare mm-hmm. is what was going on. Post-World War II, like with you know, when we crushed Nazism supposedly and uh, you know, the world moved on to the next big threat to freak out Americans about as to where our money should be spent and spies and technology and standing up to the Russians, which were our greatest threat at the time, which inevitably 30 years later ended up being near a disaster because communism, I firmly believe doesn't work. It doesn't ever really work. It never really worked. It's just an angry man's response to why somebody got something better than me. Right. And we can all be jealous about that, but we shouldn't form our entire existence and social socioeconomic uh, system upon that. But it was about the Red Scare. And it was like when she was a younger woman, I found out that, and this was all explained through the show, um, and Nicole Kidman did a great job with being Lucille she Ball. Did. I was like, yeah, I was actually did. watching Lucy again, you know? Right. Um, oh, Mr. Mooney um, kind of thing. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, she did a great job with all of that. Yeah. And you learned a lot about Vivian Vance and then William Frawley, who was Fred. It was great. And 
But what it really dawned on me was I was watching, I was like, wait a minute. They accused her from when she was a young woman, her uncle supposedly or a family member had, you know, had talked to her about how the workers were being exploited. And you could see that in some degree and whatever, um, pre-unionization, things like that, all how the, those associations were made. But it was the Red Scare. And, and they tried to destroy her by saying that she had checked on a box somewhere at one time when she was a young woman that she was a communist or a communist right. party before the communist connotation took off to the way that it was. And I'm thinking we're kind of really living in a newer time like that where you know as a police officer you have to go into so many different situations locations whatever and talk to people and one of the things that was refreshing about the work in law enforcement is as depressing as it can be at sometimes whatever it was a place where like people just said what they thought they said names right. like where you're dealing with african-american culture their word is the n-word we're not allowed to say it. that's why i call it the n-word it's offensive when right. i say it i get it but the bottom right. line is like you just had to stand there and listen to it you had to stand there and take it and one time i was dealing with a an individual that we arrested that, you know, my partner at the time who later ended up to be my boss, he was a great dude, was African-American. And she was calling him every name in the book. And I was getting so offended at that. Right. And he said, like, and I was like, man, get her out of that cell. I don't want to listen to her anymore. Let's get her charged. He's like, calm down. Right. I know it's bothering you, but it ain't bothering me. And you can't take offense from me. And I was like, man, that's the nobility of race right there. Like that guy can't say to me, don't get offended on my behalf. And that's what it was about. But we live in an era where every word you say can be manipulated. And you're constantly like stopping and doubting yourself. Or we said, did I, did that, did that mean something that could offend somebody? And I'm going to be honest with you. I, you know, at times had fallen victim to that. Um, and people like saying, well, you did something wrong. I'm not going to confront you about it. I'm going to report right. you to. The McCarthy Commission, whatever that is, wherever right. you work now, like, uh, Sean, we need to talk to you because somebody, you said something about somebody in some way or shape or form. Or whatever, right? And I was like, well, wait a minute, right. what, what was said? Why didn't the person just confront me at the time? And if it felt ignorant at the time, I would have apologized, obviously. Because but now those I'm days like, are over. right. Those days the, are I'm over in front of a commission. You know what? And you're talking about, you know, you can't be offended for, you know, your, your brother or whatever, you know, that, that, that you work with on the streets and stuff. And I differ, I, you can. You can't because no, nobody, I, I don't, you don't call them names. I don't care what name you're calling them. It's not that right. I can't be offended for you. I'm offended because I want to protect you. So right. it's got nothing to do because I'm offended for you. I'm offended because it's you and because we're close. That right. That's really the whole thing. And then, and, and then, you know, going down the whole thing of that, you just can't. Like, like if you say something and, or somebody says something, I still do it. If, if if why is it so just you hit the gas pedal to be offended and then you don't right. talk to the person right. and it culture goes, of offense it, right it, yeah it's a cultural offense and, and and it spirals out of control it, it, but it's but it's everything though Sean it's like how many calls do we go to where uh, we were on a call the other day for a mango tree I'm I'm kidding you not whether the That's mango so tree was cool. on property and like and i'm sitting there because it's a mango tree so and and i'm sitting there i'm watching everybody like you know try and shout this out and i finally go go wait a minute i go this is a mango tree and a property line issue i go do you know how this could be and they were calling the police on each other for uh fireworks and the garbage was overflowing on garbage day and it just and i said and i finally go do you two realize that this could be um solved over probably a beer right but you're right. taking offense beer to the fact that, like Obama did. Yeah, yeah. please act stupidly. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> right. 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 well, let's hope it works a lot better than that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was good. It worked for him. It was a good. It was a good extension on his part. I'm not knocking that. I was just like, it was a beer summit. The president of the United States, the first black president of the United States, decided that hey, we could have solved this over a beer. Where have we come since Obama tried to do that though? Think about it. 
I mean, well, a lot that. of cops would be like, oh, you're just kissing his ass. But like, think about it. Like, nah, but even how, that, how, but even can we just sit down and talk to each other? And like, if we get to know each other, you'll realize you'll you'll realize when we get to know each other, you'll realize that I will say things because I'm a human and I make mistakes and I maybe get upset or do whatever. But if I do something in, in, in the existence of our space, I will realize physically, like it's an emotion that you didn't like. You're like, Hey man, I don't appreciate you. Oh dude, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. That's how we used to resolve issues. Now it's a commission. You go before a commission. Hey, I need to talk to you about this. I'm your boss. And they said you did this and now throw COVID into it. Right. COVID, like a, you cough or you do something weird. Right. You got COVID? No. Uh, I remember I joked one time and I said, I don't have COVID. I don't have any taste. I go, but I never had taste. Look at me. Look <laughs> at my clothes. I wear polyester all day. And I got turned in for not yeah. saying that I had COVID. And I was like, yeah. I didn't have COVID. I said I didn't have taste, but it meant like I, it was like a double entendre. Like I really have no taste in like arts or culture, things like that. I was, right. I was self like it was depreciating humor, which used to like be endearing to people. Right. Now right. it's like, well, you said something I, because it's a constant culture of offense. So what happens in a culture of offense is two things I've seen. And this is where I'm just and this is what's going to lead into the show we're talking about. Two things I've seen as a culture of offense. And guess what I do? I just shut up and don't talk to you. And then you don't like me because I don't talk to you. I don't talk to you. I, I don't talk to you because I'm constantly worried about any word that I say. So the only time I do talk to you is when it's official, particularly if I'm in a management or leadership type position. I only right. talk to you when it's official. I have to keep a distance because somebody will say, I think he's saying this and he's ignorant. And I'm going to turn you into Senator McCarthy. Have you no shame, sir? Right, I can't right. wait for that day to come in the United States. Like, sir, have you no shame right. in this? And I think guys like Dave Chappelle are trying to do that. They're trying to say, have you no sense of shame that as Americans, we can't even practice the First Amendment because everybody's constantly offended? And then the flip side of it is as really manipulative people are looking at this system and saying, we can destroy things, people, for things beyond what they really are. My right. argument to stop you from doing what you're doing isn't strong enough. So what I'll do is I'll resort to using the new red scare right. to convince everybody that you're some sort of a bigoted, racist, homophobe bastard. And right. it's just like, we're never, we're never going to solve the problems we have in this country. If we keep balkanizing on that level. And there are smart, manipulative people out there just because you're smart. Doesn't mean you're good. You can be smart and right. very, very bad. Right. And well, you can use this system to your advantage. Right. Well, look at the thing, like going, even going back to, to the Obama thing, the idea was great. But the cop never apologized because he, he shouldn't have apologized. There was no reason for him to apologize. I have my own opinion. There's, there's about a great that picture. Whole thing. Just... What's that? I, go ahead, man. You're, I'm sorry. I cut yeah. you off. No, no. I, I just, like, even in that conversation, we were talking, you know, the cop didn't apologize and he shouldn't apologize because, based on the circumstances of what happened, he did everything right. And again, it, this guy did stuff wrong. And he and he should have did, did some stuff different. And but when even they were talking, it was still at the end, it was butting heads because nobody wants to listen to anybody, and nobody wants to right. take that. Hey, okay, I I see where you're coming from, and I and I shouldn't have did that. Everybody gets on their high horse because you know you know the media or or they want to try and manipulate the system. But that whole thing about just talking to your neighbor or talking mm -hmm. to somebody about the, I think the mango tree. Like seriously, what? Right. Listen, take as many mangoes from that side as you want. I don't care. I got four mango right. trees. Hanging over my property. What's <laughs> yeah, the case law on Get that? Get off my lawn. Right. This is my right. property. 
There's probably property. <laughs> like one time when I was a kid, I had a garden and I grew like those on the ground little tiny watermelons. And one of the watermelons grew <laughs> through the fence. And the lady that was my Aunt Cora, she took the watermelon. And I was like, she took my watermelon. But I was like, yeah, but it also kind of grew on her property. So it was yeah. all good. I was like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I kind of even at like 10 was like, yeah, well, you know, it's her fence line. There's an indication like weeds just grow. And they, this was a plant. It grew over there. And it was like, it was all good. I just like, I remembered it, but I remember just like how, like, I'm not trying to say like how cool I was at 10. I was probably way cooler at 10 than I am at 55. But well, the no, bottom line was. Watermelons at 10. That's pretty cool, bro. Oh, dude, it was huge. Jer- I garden, garden State, man. New Jersey Garden State. People don't realize this. You, I, It was called the Garden State for a reason. Bam. And it's not just because of a movie. I, totally. Uh, I, lettuce. Really I grew it all. Thumb. Carrots. It was huge, dude. I didn't grow corn. You know why? I don't trust corn. No. I, don't tr- I just don't trust corn. It's everywhere. It's in everything. Yeah, and I have this expectation when I eat but you had something. A big sunflower? Did you have one of those big sunflowers? No, like no, no, is? no, no, no. That was too much. That was way too much. <laughs> that, but corn. I didn't do corn because it was like corn is like you have an expectation. Like when you digest something like corn, <laughs> you're like, I want you to be different when you're done. This is a process for me. I'm doing something for you. You're doing something for you me. Something and when I turn me. around and I'm about to flush and I'm looking at corn, like you didn't do your part. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. All these kernels telling me what to do. Get it? Yeah, right, right. Are you kidding me? And then I moved to the Midwest. It's corn everywhere. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm surrounded. But uh, anyway, that's that's just kind of – it's just an observation that I made. I was like, you know what? Like, we got a lot of things we got to work through as a country right now. Things are going crazy right now. You've got to go back again to World War I to think about some of the major paradigm shifts that were going on. And we talked about this in previous shows. Um, You guys made fun of me about this on previous shows. Look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you do look at history to learn from it. And what we're about to see, I think, right now is a bunch of changes based upon everybody just being – unsure about what's going on and unhappy with what's what we're not even paying attention to our very own process. Do you, and do you think it's, do you think it's a matter of people being unsure or do you think they're afraid to be sure? Well, I think to me, like, I mean, I, when I look at all of what's going on, I just look at like myself, how I feel about my country, dude. I, I, ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to serve my country. I always wanted to go be in the military and then be a cop. I just wanted right. to just do that. I just wanted to do that because, you know, I look at like my inner motivations for that stuff. I was a scared little kid about certain things based upon where I grew up and things like that. And I I just didn't want to be scared anymore. I just wanted to be like, I wanted the scary things to be scared of me and my friends that were good people because we weren't trying to harm anybody or do whatever. And some of that could be maligned and everything else. But the bottom line is it takes a lifetime to get to that point. Right now, I'm very unsure about my country because things are changing and it doesn't be straight. Like people look at me and go, well, we're changing cause of guys like you, or we're changing and people that look like you or act like you or come from what you do, aren't going to be in charge anymore. I'm not really afraid of that. I'm just really afraid of the pendulum swing of things that are going on in America. Equality is not, it's not a scale. It's a pendulum. That's how America has worked. And I think prior to this, how other countries have worked and it's a pendulum. One side, it swung over there to that far. Now it's swinging back. And the other side is now feeling their power coming through. And they're doing the very things that they said that they didn't want to have happen to them. Look, the Irish did it when they first got to this country. I descend from the Irish by and large. When I did my 23andMe, you know, you look at my family names. They're all from these places in the globe. It's a little tiny island out in the Atlantic Ocean off the western side of Europe. 
That's where we come from. And you narrow it down even more to counties and everything else. Well, the Irish, when they first came to the United States, were treated like crap. The other Irish didn't even want the Irish coming here. And there was a lot of different reasons that that happened. And it had to do a lot to do with the people that were a lot like us. That all being said, when the Irish came to power, they did some of the things to people that were done to them. I think that's just part of the human condition. And that's just what I think is happening right now in the United States. I try to prove to people that I never did that. It doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter if I've never done that. Chris, we live in a world that's like that. And I think what's happening right now is people have no faith in the ability of our leaders to bring us together. They're feeding upon our ability to be frightened. And the nonstop social media feed, 24-hour news cycle is about what, what are people clicking on? They click on things that make them frightened. They, they, they're, they're afraid of, or they want to be reinforced that they have a reason to be frightened on. And that's right. what I think is going on. And, and our process is falling apart because of that. No, and I agree. I just think that people are, they're listening to, we're going to what we are afraid of instead of what we want, like, or, or, or how we feel is right. And, and we're, we're afraid to say what we need to say. And if we say what we feel, then it becomes a, a bigotry, racist, anti-Semitic, some type of thing. And, and it's really not. I mean, if I speak the truth, then that's my truth. Now, obviously, if you take it to the extent that you start being racial or whatever, but if it's got to do with your opinion, or if it's got to do with the description of something, or it's got to do with how people act, or whatever the case is, then then that's just what it is. And and we've gotten so far away from that, and everything is so like I can't say a word because I'm a, because what's going to happen to me if I say this word, or what happens if I have to say, you know, like you can't say the word crazy or whatever. Like it, it, right, I we just start don't. About, right. Yeah, I just don't think I can't say that, black and catfish. I mean, because I, right. I, I I automatically pause when it's a color, like, and then right. I start to feel guilty about it or something. Right. And, and right. I just think like, that we've come, we've just come to to a source where, or to a time where, like, we're so afraid of offense. And and to be honest with you, a lot of people that I talk to, that, that they aren't even really offended. They could care that they could care the hell less. They're like, I'm, I'm going to tell you my experience with all of this for the last 20 years when this has kind of been cranking. No one of any group that would be considered a protected class under the protected class thing has ever complained about me. You know who's complained about me? People that were threatened by me that were just like me. That's what it is. It's other white men that are afraid of somebody calling them out. And they, and they see that the gravy train for white men is over and they want it. What they want to do in the process is not rise. They just want to say and say, Oh, this is my fault. That's just been my experience. Now I, I, I'm not speaking for everybody. I'm not speaking for everybody in my circumstance, things like that. But by and large, I'm going to be honest with you. I have never, ever like had an issue with people uh, on that level. I mean, can it happen? You can happen. Sure. And, and what I'm afraid of is it's going to happen more and more because everybody's just looking to be offended and looking to be bothered by something without gathering the facts or giving anybody a second chance. And due process is dying. It's dying everywhere. It's it, it's immediately assumed oh, yeah. because this person reinforces my value system. And it's like, and again, look, dude, I, I'm just pointing it out again. We talk about Uvalde a lot. That right. video came out this week. What I saw there was a bunch of different people. The only thing they had in common is they were all in law enforcement and all of them paused and did nothing. Despite the fact that we've been talking for 20 freaking years about what to do, knowing full well and hearing that. And again, it's like, look, don't say you trained when you didn't, because part of the training is making people face that stuff. And that just screamed, not prepared. It was just all posing, 
all show and no go, as I used yep. to say in training. You're all show, all vibrato, all sleeve tattoo, all I fight with you fear bullshit. But when it yeah. came to an even training, you were afraid to go in and get hit with a simunition round. Yeah. What if that hits me in the face? Well, it's you know, if there's a real bullet, your problems are going to be solved rather quickly if it hits you in the face. And if it doesn't kill you, I'll, you know, it's a distinctly survivable wound is what I used to say to people. Right. We, we, we're, dude, we're not seeing it. I mean, I, look, I'm sorry. I just, that is not, if you cannot in that situation rise, you can get hand sanitizer, but you can't rise. Yeah. I don't know what the, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. Right. That's and, the shit we should be offended by. The ineptitude right. of their entire career. They told that they were told they were good guys because they did certain things that were really good, you know, by societal standards, but not by what we're really required to do as cops. That's what offends me. That's what right. really bothers me. But I would have to pause as a white middle class male that's actually been through that myself and say, I can't say this because maybe somebody in that group is this or that something that I'm not, that would show white privilege. And my white privilege for me is, well, I went in there and did it. That's just for me. And that's how I look at it. But we live in different times. We live in a different age. People yeah. will judge you so harshly without even knowing you because revenge is in the palate. That's all it is right, right. now. Revenge right. is in the palate. And politicians see it and want us all to be afraid of it. And that's how people are in power. Look at people well, that, that are in the middle and, and, and yeah. see who can help and, us all. Yeah. And they push it and they, and they, and they push the fear because the fear gets them you know gets them the people behind them that then they get some votes and it makes some money and it's just it's so i i i i saw some i saw those those tapes today too and and i was i, I was the same way i i was offended not because of color or creed or whatever i was offended because we took an oath everybody takes pretty much the same oath to defend people who can't defend themselves and i was I was, I I was like, well, like if you can't like, not one, not one, not not one, you know, right? Forgave that order or whatever you call it, disregarded the order and 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 went in and and it, it, it I was very offended because now you made that choice and now you have offended me because now people are looking at me different. And I know in my heart of hearts, I know no matter what would have happened, I would have went in. I know it. I don't right. care what would have happened. I don't need a job that bad. And, and I'm not saying another business. I'm not saying right, exactly right. Uh, right. a resilience business. Uh, but right. you know what? It's like I thought Chauvin was offensive. I did. I thought the thing happened with Chauvin was offensive. It it it, it actually you know got my goat up, uh, and I got really mad and really opinionated about it with people and things like that. And you know, the thing that I saw in that was that the trend started to change amongst cops. Prior to that, it used to be like, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what the deal is, blah, 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 blah. And we've got a lot of cops getting killed across America right now because of a lot of discontent in general. And again, we warned about this, you know, soothsayers here on this show, Three Cops Talk said, hey, look, we're the tip of the spear with government and people are upset with government and we're the most visual representation right. of it. America is still a country that was founded in rebellion. You know what I mean? It was. I mean, it was. I mean, well, sure. Uh, the it, things it, that we it, rebelled against, you know, people right. lost a lot in the process, whether they believe it or not, whether there was some privilege associated with it, whether they were white slave owners or not. People were willing to risk their 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 fortune and their and their and their freedom. And some right. people, and in fact, did. But the bottom line is, is like you look at that and you're offended by what happened. I was offended as a member of that group. I am not going back and going, we do all right no matter what. I'm going back to my community like a lot of different people should be doing. Is going, hey, stop. Why don't you stop being offended about, you know, uh, a color in a Crayola box 
And right. why don't you start being offended about the things within our own community that we really need to work on to make better? Right. Um, anything you say, you can, like, I love when people say, well, you really can't talk about this because you're a white male. I'd say, okay, okay cool. I got it. Can I have my money back then? Can I have the money that's contributed to the issue at the border? Can I have the, my money back, uh, right. you know, reference, you know, money that we should be paying for veterans that need help? If I can't talk about it because I don't have PTS at the time or add PTS at all, uh, right. whatever. Well, now it's like, well, we all served and things like that. Well, can I have my money back then? Because if I have no say, which is the First Amendment, if I have no say, my ability, and I am immediately deemed less than credible, then can I have my money back? And I know that sounds right. terrible that people say that, but like, hey, I paid my taxes. Right. I, it's not like, I'm not taking pride for that. Like, I pay my taxes. You're supposed to pay your taxes, but, hero. But, here, That's I, like, but here, here's what I'm going to tell you. We all do the same thing. We all pay the money. We all want to, we, we all want, not all of us, but most of us want this world to be a better place. And right. you have every right to speak your mind because you don't, you pay probably more tax than, 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 than a lot of people. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, this is your opinion. This is what you want. And this whole thing about this, well, you can't say anything because you're white or whatever, that, that just increases the divide. I don't care what color you are. I can care the frick less. What do you have to contribute or what are your ideas or your opinions? Because I don't know everything. You may know something. I may know something. And we may come together as a bond. It's, why, why do you want to stifle Anybody. And and that then that's part of the First Amendment. Why do you want to stay whether it's Louis Farrakhan or you know the the the, the neo-Nazis or whatever, just just it, it's part of the First Amendment. It's your job as an individual to weed out the good and the bad and come to terms with people that you can and come to an agreement with people in masses to make the to to, to, to make this a, a, a better place. I just don't I, I'm so sick of the color stuff, the color scheme, that that it should, it, it's it's it it's got nothing to do with it. It's got to do with common human decency, common human goals, and 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 the, the amount of stuff that's get fed to us and spoon fed to us, and the amount of false stuff that's going on. It it's just it it truly, in my opinion, you, you know that people are trying to keep us divided and separated because they don't realize what we can do if we come into a common goal forget color forget creed forget sexual orientation gender gender talk to each other like normal human beings okay mm -hmm. and let and let and let's just you know let's pick a let's pick a platform you want to follow the science then let's follow the science look at covid you want us to follow the science there then you better follow the science on gender then you better the follow the science on here you want to go to the first amendment everybody's got a first amendment you know it's just you got to reach some common goals and trust me there are some things that both that that people have to just accept because that's what they are and there's nothing you can do about it but the only thing you can do is get together with people who have common goals not the same ideas maybe okay they're the same feelings but the same common goals and stop listen, listening to the stuff that doesn't even matter. Right. I read an interesting article for our listeners. If you're out there and you can check this guy out, he's a cop He's called the Graham factor. I'm just going to tell you that I love reading his stuff because he put out a recent article about like the idea of don't just assume whether you're left or right, that the other side is full of conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories rule the day right now. Right. And that's funny when we're talking about tinfoil hats and aliens and probes. But now when we're talking about, you know, what happened with the Capitol on the 6th or, 
the election wasn't valid or well, look at Roe there's this Wade. grand That's right wing yeah. conspiracy that, you know, Hillary Clinton went on with and things along those lines. And Trump's like, well, they're out to get you and all these things. It's just like, look, everybody has it. You know, it's fun to watch JFK and watch all that conspiracy theory at that. But literally, you're exhausted. You were bathed in a tithing pool of conspiracy about right. that was one magic bullet. You know, and then Seinfeld went on and did that was one magic loogie. And that was like the idea of all of these things is like we have gotten to ourselves as Americans that our own government is just lying to us. And then maybe it is maybe every government that's ever existed has to lie to people because the jig is it's all a joke. And as a cop, you're not in on any great theory or scheme or whatever. You know, the truth maybe in cases a little bit more maybe than the media wants you to know or whatever. But the bottom line is it was a great article about like stop just believing one side, stop buying into this. We all right. need to kind of be a little bit more centrist here. And I know that's easy things to say, but like there was this group called No Labels back in the day. And I remember when I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh, he was like, yeah, you know what this is about? This is about this. And the guy Rush, Rush Limbaugh salt. Great guy. Good. Right. Dude, again, like changed, you know, talk radio and things like that. Right. And everybody out there used to listen to him. He definitely had a, s- a serious audience and, you know, he had his ups and downs as a, as a broadcaster and things like that. But he immediately started dismissing, oh, this is all because of this or that. And I was like, at first I like listened to it. I was like, and this is probably when I was most conservative in my life. I was like, uh, you know, maybe they got a point. Maybe these idea of labels isn't good. Maybe it's just you're an American. You're not Irish American. You're not African American. You're not any of these Americans. You're an American. You came here. Right. You want to be part of this dream. And the, the melting pot was huge. Well, everybody's just carved us up in every way we could. And we've all believed the conspiracy theory. And we just shut anybody else down to have any like common sense. Can't we agree that what happened on the 6th is just as bad as what happened in the cities over the summer that were burned because people were upset about what happened with the Fourth Amendment versus the fifth amendment or the first amendment or whatever other amendment it is that people violated when they stormed the Capitol when they shouldn't, whether, you know, there was some FBI informant that ginned everybody up and he's an inside guy working for the CIA kind of shit. And that, you know, crack was distributed by the CIA and like CIA and all these things. It's just like, okay, if our government's that bad, why are we trusting anybody in those positions? Why? Right. Are you, are you telling me that you think the Republicans didn't know if the Democrats were in charge and happened or vice versa? They they all know. Why do we trust them and not trust cops? This is the whole idea. It's like, it undermines our government and undermines our ability to live safely. And I think there's so, there's so many questions being thrown out. Like, like here, let's just take, let's just take the, let's just take this for example. And by no means am I saying, you know, uh, I'm not going to give my opinion on Roe v. Wade. Okay, so this just came out about three weeks ago. Okay, Roe v. Wade came out, and here's what happened. The bottom line is that it, the federal government, put it back down to the states. That's it. Right. Th- that, that, that's I, it. Then it's that's funny. I used to on, talk to people about that. You said that because I used to talk to people about that. I go, you know, Roe v. Uh, Roe v. Wade was really about states' rights, and I get that dog whistle from people because they've right. been fed. Mm-hmm. It was all about a woman's right to choose. Look, I'm not right. doubting a woman's right to choose. That's right, not right, my right. point here. But right. when you really look at the factor that's associated with that, it's just like, you know, saying the wrong statute when you're referring to some crime that occurred. It's like, no, that's not what right. happened. That's not a burglary. That's a robbery. You know right. what I mean? And saying that Roe v. Wade's was not a debate about states' issues, it morphed itself into uh, the issue of a woman's right to choose and, and abortion right and right to abortion. All the Supreme Court said on that in this recent finding was this belongs. This, there's no constitutional right, the United right. States constitutional right. Two of them rights to abortion is no different than getting any other elective surgery at that point. And if you right. want to make it as innocuous as an elective surgery that you're getting because it's your right to choose in your body, 
The Constitution doesn't protect that. That's all they said. Right. Everybody immediately turned that into, oh, my God, they're taking away a woman's right to choose. Right. I and, looked at and, a map and, that, that somebody put out. I looked at a map where the states that had the most liberal views and laws on the books about the ability of a woman to, you know, abort a pregnancy, California, New York, uh, Illinois. And then I looked at where the density of population was in the world. And then I looked at the percentage of women that are alive compared to men. And I looked at that and I thought, well, this is really negatively impacting anybody because it's right back to the states. And these states have very liberal laws. Now, people would say to me, what about a poor woman that lives in Iowa where it's more restrictive or in Mississippi where it's super mm-hmm. restrictive? It's like, well, then move. That's the right. beauty of this whole thing. Like, I didn't like drive. the way police officers were being treated in Illinois. At the right. end of those riots, I was like, I'm not putting up with this, man. These people stood in line, spit at me, threw things at me, threw mortars at my friends and nearly killed them. You know, they, that guy got charged and everything else. But the bottom line, I was like, I want to go. I want to get out of here. I don't like it. I don't like the la- I, I, the level of right. resentment towards me as a police officer for the work that I did. I just didn't appreciate it anymore. I was like, I'm going to go somewhere else where I'm more appreciated. Well, right. I took a, I, I a, a $54,000 pay cut to come do that. I disrupted my entire family's life in order to feel more secure in what I chose to do as an American. How is it any different than anybody's going to say, I don't want to have this baby. I have to go. Well, I have the means to do it. I have the money to do that. Well, okay. Where's the idea as a citizen, the dying citizens that we are, where I have to show individual responsibility. And I now have to deal with the consequences of that. And people are like, I don't want to hear that. You're a man. You can't say it's like, well, if I'm a man and I can't say, I'm going to quote Dave Chappelle on this. You're right. If you got a penis, you got no say about a woman's ability to choose about what she does with her body. But at the end of the day, if you can kill him, don't come back to me and say, I want money. If the kids, if the kid survives, right. You or, might, or you can an, kill him, or, but I can or, neglect him. And, and right. it's, or, it's or tongue in cheek that he said that, yeah. but that's yeah, a valid point. Or, or an act, or an act, uh, a state law that says, if you're the father, you're responsible for 50% throughout the kid's life or whatever. Right. right. But, but, but the, my, my, the premise of that whole thing was, is that when this came out, the media took such fire to it. And like, listen, mm-hmm. you want to get an abortion. There's a state that'll do it. Go do it. Go, go. If you can't travel, then you couldn't support a child anyway. That's my opinion. But there right. are options. There are right. options. It's not, it's not 50 state. It's down to the state level. And that's all they, all, all they did was, is did exactly that. They took it from, it is not a constitutional issue. It's a state issue. Everybody ran with it. That is now it, it, it's a it's a right. It's not a right. It's a, it's an elective surgery, okay? That that you can get, and just like getting a, a nose job, or you know, or getting uh you know my you know hair extensions, uh you know it's or I'm on calf extensions. implants. I'm on calf yeah. implants. Right, right, calf implants. Calf implants. You, you, you have to pay for those, but everybody and you have to go the, somewhere to get them. Right, right. Like, what is it? What's those things? Hair plugs. Hey, where they? Turkey. Yeah, you gotta go turkey. You gotta go turkey because they know how to. Like, they know how to. Like, I'm gonna say something that's gonna offend somebody. A stereotype about Turkish rugs. They're really good rugs. It's a compliment. (laughs) I'm not saying anything wrong. But somebody here will listen to this and go, "He said something offensive about the Turks." I I said they make good rugs, and you gotta go there because they know how to do a good weave. Uh, like in that, oh, somehow, some way I said something that offended somebody. So it's like uh, we've taken the humor out of our existence. But right. to your point about abortions here, I, uh, this is what I'll tell anybody that's listening to this that thinks I'm an asshole about abortions one way or the other. Here's the deal. The religious side of the house says God's going to punish you for that. Well, guess what? I'm not. I'm not 
God. I'm not right. God. I can't punish you for that. Do I agree with your ability to do that? Maybe I don't. Maybe I do. It doesn't matter. I don't have a say in that matter because at the end of the day, that's a woman's decision that she makes about her body, that she also has a mental aspect that she's got to deal with it as well, that we don't understand as men. I, although I might disagree with it, I might think it's not fair that I have no say in it at all as a man, but I can be held accountable financially for a child that a woman decides to have. I don't think that's fair and equitable. I don't get to fly with a net on that level. I have to be prepared to crash or a parachute, I should say. But the bottom line is, is I don't agree with it. But in the same sense, don't tell me I have no say in this because I'm not impacted by it. If that's my child just as much as anybody else's and you decide right. to do that, you decide to do that. But I, I can be bothered by it. Sure. I can say I don't agree with you, but I still don't think laws should be made in existence to stop people from doing that. But I also but think that, but, states and the people and how they vote make those decisions. I don't. But, but that's, I don't. I, that, that, that's exactly my point. My, my point is, is that they got everybody in a frenzy. Like, right. you know, there's there's no more abortions and you can't do this. And this is not it. That's not the case at all. There's there's you still have states that are allowing people to have abortions. You just have to go to that state. That's all. But that the, the, they whip everybody up in this frenzy like they, you know, like they do for a lot of police cases. They whip people right. up in a frenzy about f- stuff that's not even race true. and inequity. And it's whatever. not even true. Like Mike, the Michael Brown case is a case, an excellent case of right. point where people didn't let the process take it. No, there were some things that clearly the police did that day that were not very dignified for Michael Brown, leaving his body on the street in the way that it was. I don't know how the Ferguson, Missouri Police Department was staffed, managed, trained, whatever. I'm seeing a lot of different levels of policing since I've come to South Carolina. And it's about budgeting and cultural differences and norms and what people expect and what people don't and how people have a healthier respect for guns down here than they do up north. There's a lot less shootings, though, if that's the case. The bottom line is, is like these are things that are completely different. But that's the same thing that happens with the idea of the Supreme Court's the same way. Do your research, figure it out. Stop just blasting things out on Facebook that you're angry about and you're burning people. I I read somebody said, you're not my friend if you agree with what the Supreme Court do. Wait a minute, you're telling me that if I agree with how the democratic process works, I can't be your friend anymore? Then why was was I your friend to begin with? When I was back in the army and deciding to be away from my family for four years, all voluntarily willing to do that, giving people the opportunity to live freely, and as I always right. see on my Facebook feed, you know, someone bled and died for me to be able to have these choices. What were you doing to defend this other than getting on right. Facebook and making ignorant statements about how we can't be friends simply because a decision of the government didn't go the way that you exactly wanted it? And that's right. what bothers me about this whole thing, that we're all falling. That. And if the Second Amendment isn't upheld completely by the Supreme Court, there's no this or that. And they want to create laws to mirate checks, despite the fact that we've seen some horrific things happening with mentally ill people with guns. Everyone's like, no, unfettered, unfettered has to be unfettered completely that you should have access to all these weapons. Like as we're talking about things, people are getting shot in Highland Park at a parade, Fourth of July parade. Like it's like, can't we just come together and stop being just like, just because you have the First Amendment right to use doesn't mean you should always just use it. I'm not saying don't. We're doing it right now. No, no. But I'm just saying it's like, can you be reasonable about it and realize other people have opinions? So even with that, even with that. The, the, the people started taking and, and, and going crazy at the fact that he was a transgender or whatever. And, and again, I, I don't have all the details. What does that but have to do with it? Yeah, that's, like, that's exactly what I'm saying. Evil's Why? evil. It doesn't matter what form it comes in. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. P- 
people Hitler don't... was worshipped by an entire nation. Actually, yeah. most of Europe, until they started figuring out what he was doing, people right. sided and they thought like German society was on its way back. Like, yeah. it just, it, but the that's package what doesn't people, matter. Evil's evil. No, it, it, evil is evil, but they start taking this and down the different realm other than the truth. I don't care if you wore a dress. I don't care if you came, you know, dressed as, you know, as, as olive oil. I don't care. Right. The bottom line is he's evil. So let's stop whipping people up about this is a transgender issue. There you uh, go. You know, yeah, he, that just supports my argument. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's I mean, a transgender. Dance on the graves of dead people. Yeah. You know Therefore, what I mean? he's mentally unstable. That's got nothing. He's he's not mentally unstable because he's transgender. He's just mentally unstable, and he is a evil person. Period. Well, that, and that and that's gone back to arguments that we've made before about, like, as a police officer, you understand the law, and it says, look. Did he meet the elements of it? Did he have the mental state to do it? Did he take significant steps in the process to make these things happen? If he or she did, well, then they need to deal with the consequences. And even then the process is not done. That's just enough for me to arrest you. Then right. it's got to go beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. And that's how the process works. And it's gone on this way forever. It's just that people get pissed off more now about things and feel that like, and again, this has to do with leadership and the leadership in our nation. It's not just right when it's right by your moral standards. It's right when it's right. And that's where I think the grand experiment is really like really on shaky ground right now, like really yeah. on shaky ground. So what's going on? The Supreme court makes these decisions. There were several other decisions that they made in there that impact people's lives, but we're not talking about them at all. One of that impacts, impacts all of our lives. Another decision was made about gun rights in that. That's not getting right. any. And it's actually in favor of the Second Amendment. Oh, that's why the Supreme Court's out of control. Another one had to do with the fact is that, you know, they made a decision about there's a lot of things in this last session that they made decisions about that had to do with things that are going on at the border. Maybe we should be paying attention to that a little bit more, that a lot of law is now being challenged by what's the crisis at the border. And right. moving forward, that could impact all of our rights way differently, not negatively or positively, but things to be, uh, you know, concerned about. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson's written a book recently called The Dying Citizen. And I don't think he's trying to convince people. I know that he's he's worshipped in conservative circles. But when you really read his work, he just kind of talks about things about these are things that are really ruining the American experience. He's not anti-labor. He's pro-labor. He's not anti-immigrant because he's, you know, from California and the farming areas around there and learned that that's a huge part of the culture there. And everything. It's really good reading. But what he does talk about is the idea that we have no sense of responsibility as citizens because we're lazy Americans. We're fat, lazy Americans because we have fast food, the best technology, the best quality of life, whatever, and no real threats to us that we can honestly perceive. And we just let these things happen. And I, I have no obligation to understand what any of this stuff means. You ask a kid that's graduating from high school right now, what are the three branches of government? They'll look at you like, again, that dog whistle, like states rights right. issue was what Roe v. Wade was about. It's like, look, yeah. folks, we got to get way more informed. And that's the whole point. It's like to become a better right. police officer, it takes time to, to learn the statutes and learn the rules and learn how to do things. But, and then when they come out, you have to you have to you have to reread them in the moment as they come out and get. But, and again, have the facts. How many how, cops? Like, so, yeah, but how many times, Sean, have we been on? Yeah, but how many times have you and I been on calls together, and you're like, "Man, this guy needs to go to jail bad because he's a douchebag." But and you know, and we looked at each other and went, "We just don't have it. We just don't. Got we it. don't have the elements of the crime." And we didn't try to find things to make it go that way. Right. We tried right. to help people, and right. at times, like maybe, like I look back at my career and I go to myself. Maybe when I was young and we first got hired, I was a little too overzealous. I didn't consider the addiction side of drug work. I just wanted to do drug work and I didn't consider how people maybe needed help more than they need 
expected to be arrested every single time I dealt with them. Maybe I could have been more compassionate to them or things like but that. That's how you grow. But that's how you grow as an individual. And that's how mm-hmm. we grow. And that's how we grow in, in the masses. And that's how we grow as a society because everybody goes through those stages. But being a, being partners with you for over 20 years, you never stepped out of line about what was right or what was legal about the statute. And that's what I'm telling people to do. Don't, stay in the parameters of that. If you have an opinion, I get it, but make sure when you have that opinion, you know exactly what's going on. Right. Right. And again, and it comes from like understanding the process and how it works and then how we work within this process to not perpetually hate each other. Look, I I know that this isn't the first time in American history where we've been really divided. I mean, obviously there's the civil war and there's been other things with that. I think there's a lot of things that are happening right now. And, and, and the stuff we wanted to talk about today with you guys was about like understanding how your government works is a responsibility. Like you're finally starting to see that States are catching on to teach kids in high school about financial responsibility because God knows when you look to Washington, D.C. or your state capital, you're not necessarily seeing that. You know what right. I mean? You're not necessarily seeing budget surpluses across the country. Places right. that did well were demonized by the media throughout COVID. Like, look, I'm just being straight with what's going on with Florida. You don't have a budget surplus. Or in South Carolina, you don't have a budget surplus. Now, are there other services that maybe in South Carolina people might bitch about and say they're not as good as here or there? All these people that are moving down here from up north. I, I would have a legitimate concern if I was a right. you know, a long-standing South Carolinian of being like, well, don't bring your Yankee ways or your broke stuff down here and all your high crime and everything else. Because, again, it's pendulums. It doesn't – maybe we should work more of things settling in the middle. But my, my point to all this is that – you have to think about being educated and informed about a process that's about to be taken away from us. If we don't like, and I mean in ways like violence that is not going to stop because people are going to be some, so become so scared that they'll just, okay. Any decision that the government makes about controlling these things where it could negatively impact all of us. And, you know, the decisions that the Supreme court made, uh, you know, it's part of a process and how it worked. I mean, people didn't see that when all of these folks retired and it was under Trump, that Trump was going to probably appoint people that were more constitutionalists and followed the letter of the law. Well, that's just not something some talking head says on Fox or CNN. It's something that you should sit down and kind of educate yourself to and go realize if these things happen, this is the case. You don't demonize the human being and you don't do the things to that person that's becoming that Supreme Court justice. If there's nothing in their history to kind of preclude that other than the fact that you disagree with them ideologically. Then what you do is you think like, hey, I've got to get involved. I've got to now be more involved in the midterm elections and pay attention to who's going here and where. And when they finally get in power, whoever it is that you like, make sure that they do it reasonably. Every one of these cities right now that dealt with these progressive prosecutors, you're seeing a massive paradigm shift in everywhere you're talking. Mayors, mayoral candidates, everybody's saying enough's enough crimes out of control because we went too far. Right. And it's because people aren't informed. You just want to li- you want to have the potion pour into your ear. You want to go back to looking at your phone and Netflix. And Netflix is cool. Don't get me wrong. But we're, we're lazy. We have to be more actively involved and become proud citizens of our country. You know who hates illegal immigration more than anybody else, Chris? Who? When they poll people. People who? of Mexican descent that have become American citizens. They hate illegal immigration really? more than anybody else. You know who hates defunding the police more than anybody else? 70 to 80 percent African-Americans that live in inner city neighborhoods that are being ravaged by crime. Yep. 
And I'm told all day that I have no say in that. Look, when they have their say, they speak clearly about what they feel. Nobody wants to tell you that because they're afraid that you'll start thinking for yourself and then they, you won't need them anymore. You know right. what I mean? And, right. but, you know, that, but, that, but that's where we got to get to, though. That's where we have to get to. We've got to stop this whole thing and just, and, and, and just get to the facts. And, 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 and all this stuff about banging your chest about you know, the whole, this whole Roe versus Wade, the, 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 the gun stuff, the, like, get the facts. I don't want to hear from you if you don't 100% unequivocally right. agree with me like a zealot. Right. Like, right. I'm turning you off. If you provide me any feedback, that's contrary to what I think. I'm going to shut you off and not friend you anymore. Right. It's just like, right. you know, in the past, I mean, that was hard to do. You had to send somebody a letter to do that, like mail it to them. You know what I mean? Like the postman <laughs> had to bring it to you. I was like, wow, he took a lot of time to write me. Can I call you or can I write I you a letter back the, and say right, whatever? Did, you know, did you guys I mean? have like, blue mailboxes on the corner? Like you had to right, go to right, the mailbox? Right. Like, yeah. I, you know what I realized? A funny point about history. Again, I, I was listening to a podcast at Dork um, about an unknown, uh, you know, patriot that we didn't know about. And one of the things that came up during the course of that was back in the day, history kind of went numb. Like when all of these folks like that were the founders went to one location like Philadelphia because they could all just see each other and they stopped writing each other. So there's no right. record of what they talked about. So right, right. at integral ports of the finding of our nation, they were talking to each other face to face. There was no written correspondence because it's like, hey, I can throw my powdered wig on and I can be stinking a body odor and we can go down to the uh you know to the to the pub and have a a pint or a lager we can sit together and talk about it but no right. one really knew what they were talking about but if you right. were in virginia and i was in pennsylvania you had to write me a letter and there was record of that what right. we got right now is we got so much record of what we're talking about that people are probably like it's just it's like white noise i gotta tune right. it out like right. we gotta they go gotta, back to days got, where we talked to each back. other yep and talk to each other. And, that's, and is that why we're trying to get on YouTube so people can see our faces and really yeah. hate us and resent us? Yeah. See you in those glasses Forever? and in these half glasses. Yeah, right, right, right. My, uh, my 1.5s. 1. 1. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm you learning to grow them. Also, that's right. If this, if this one gets out there, I'm, I'm growing the beard out. Everybody tells me I look good with the beard. Dude, can Irish people uh, really grow beards? I don't think so. What are you talking about? Have Dude, you seen the guy like, the fighting Irishman? The guy, the actual fighting Irishman? He's got that, that cool orange beard that comes down just across his chin. Yeah, but yours is gray. Well, I'm 55 years old, <laughs> but I still have all my hair, though, which is another Irish trait. I'm going to tell you right yeah. now, like that, the wavy yeah. locks, you know, Kennedy-esque. I got the, I got the widow's peak. Too many left turns under the sheets, I guess. Right, I don't know. right, 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 right. There you go. Right. But, uh, you know, like I said, uh, you know, we, we on this show, we're trying to, I mean, I, I don't know, like, how is this as a cop? Like, why does this matter? Like, people are like, why are two cops talking about this and missing their third brother who always has some really funny quips and all of this right. kind of stuff and can kind of bring us all back down to it. It's just, I don't know, like we have to go out there and be good representations of government and we have right. to be impartial and we have to stop buying in. Like they say that law enforcement is stubbornly Republican. And I think it's largely because Republicans say to us what we want to hear, but anywhere where you've worked under Republicans, have they given you any more to succeed in this work than a Democrat has? No, I don't know. No. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell I, you, I, I think it's all lip service to all of us. Like, look, we need better tools. Like I, you know, how are the Ukrainians standing up to one of the largest armies in the world? Because we're giving them technology and stuff that they need to be able to like javelin missiles or whatever they're sending them. I, maybe I'm right. being off on that, but like, why are we not as cops being given better tools, better, like right. better 
academic curriculum to make us better cops. And I'm not just talking about talking more about constitutional law and how some PhD has got a theory and he's trying to push a book. I'm talking about literally working through these things with people, role right. players, all this stuff. Nobody's given us that stuff. And if it's happening, you know, you have to go to places like Ohio where they're doing some really, really imaginative things. Uh, people yeah. are going to have to start really, really demanding more of what they want right now. The right. biggest problem we got as a nation is ours, ours ourselves. And the police yeah. officer is in the middle of all of that. And right. nobody trusts their government. We as cops have to go out there and be better representative. We can't take it lightly. And that's and, what and frustrates it, me. And we have right. to be knowledgeable about how the process yeah. works. And I think, and not, and not just us though, Sean, I think everybody needs to be knowledgeable of how the process but works. It would help I if we, we it would help if we did. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. You know, right. How many guys know more about their fantasy picks about what, than what the statutes say? We have a responsibility right. in this profession to start living up to the power that we've been given. With power comes right. great responsibilities. I'm uh, Peter Parker's uncle, Uncle Ben, <laughs> Uncle Ben's Rice. Um, no, he's Uncle Ben, not Uncle Ben's that. Rice. So I, I don't want to offend anybody. But besides, they're defunct. Uh, but anyway, pull the right, belly right, up with like right. Aunt Jemima. Um, uh, and by right, the way, right. let me yeah, let me right, give you a little right. bit of fun fact about Aunt Jemima, my friend. Aunt Jemima, you know, I read this. I think. Did you know that she was the not only she was the um, like today in today's technology would would be the vice president of manufacturing and operations of the entire yeah. plant. They, they they said by standards by when she lived she'd be considered a millionaire at that time. Yes. Yep. And she was like literally came from abject poverty. Her yep. ancestors were slaves. Yep. And, and you, she achieved and, the American and, dream and they took it away. They took it away because of some just other just utter ridiculousness. But anyway, you know I what, digress. You know I just want to show you I knew some history. Yeah, that was good. And you know who I'm going to yeah. blame for that? White people that don't know how to deal with guilt. Yep. That's where yep. that came from. That's, I, yep. this is my talk. Like, look, I mean, like I, I'm, t I'm telling you right now, you talk to black people, their issues aren't with, well, Aunt Jemima is offensive to me. It's like, I mean, right. they like, they look at you like, what, what are you talking about? You idiot. Right. You don't get, right. look, do you not know what's going on out there? Is there well, I really, let, let me start with. Right, right. Aunt Jemima. But, Can we yeah, remove her? And they look at you like, yeah. "Are you kidding we me?" Take her off the shelves. The whole world's gonna. Yeah, be right, right, right. And again, this, again, this is just two white guys talking. I'm just saying, if people right. could be offended by this or whatever, if you got any feedback for us, please give it to us. We'd love yeah, to have you come on the do. show. We'd love to have guests to come on and discuss these issues with us. Because yeah. what we have because found, we to, yeah, because we want to get some more. We want to get some other uh, other feedback. So because that's how we learn too. That's how we learn to grow. Right. You know what I found that we have a lot yeah. more in common. And this sounds corny, but we have a lot more in common than we like to give ourselves credit for. And we should stop being sheep and listening to the bad shepherds. You know what I mean? Because the shepherd's 100%. not just going to shear us and take take this beautiful locks of white whitish hair of mine and make a sweater out of it. He's going to serve yeah. me up as a yeah. as a dinner eventually. Right. You know what I mean? If 100%. I'm not careful, so get a good exactly. shepherd in your life. Be your exactly. own shepherd. Ah. Yep, absolutely. Be your own shepherd. Scooter, come Be back. Scott, come back. If you're yeah, listening, Scott, back, you need to come back. Hurry up, bud. Right, come stop on back, with all your deals. Crazy times over. I mean, uh, mentally challenged. Mentally cha uh, no, reference no. to times, how whatever. working hard can actually affect your mental health. Time right. is what I meant to say. Exactly. So on that note, everybody find themselves a good shepherd, find the truth, seek the truth, speak the truth. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, a comment on the show, idea for the show, please email us at three cops talk at gmail.com. The number three cops talk at gmail.com or go to the website, three cops talk.com. Uh, and uh, please let's interact. And until the next show, everybody be safe, be healthy. Thank you. And if you would please go to where you get your podcasts, download, subscribe and tell your friends. Thank you. Bye. Bye, bye. 
Yeah, she like 